For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to the exciting world of the movies. Four seconds in, it just says 20th Century Fox. I figured it'd be close okay. enough. Because it fades up super quick. Alright. Phase me up, Scotty. That's right. It's the end of the year, New Year's Eve, and we're celebrating in the graveyard with another New Year's Eve classic. I had to slip it in uh, on a little bit on the sly, and I'll explain it where uh, why I had to do that this year. But we're, of course, we're, go ahead, baby. we're going undercover. We're going bareback on uh, New Year's Eve with uh, Zach and Goat and uh, the horror classic Terror Train, baby. Fucking territory night. I almost interrupted you because I got the mental image. Remember that fucking thing? You used to get it at the store. It was like a fucking uh, the slip and slide. Fucking uh, mm-hmm. you put water down. It was yellow and you fucking slipped. Yeah. I just thought of one runs on cane, baby. Oh. You get the cane, you hose it down with the cane, and you fuck. It's slippery than even the wetness of the waters. <laughs> I hate the slip and slide because like I never own one. Like it's just always like neighbors or whatever have it. So like I would like come in like the middle of the slip and sliding. And then, it's kind like, of a genius idea for an invention. Yeah, like it really wasn't that slippery. Like you had to keep it really wet, and even then, it wasn't slippery. But like sometimes you'd be like the fifth or sixth kid to go run and jump on it, and it wouldn't mm-hmm. be that slippery. So you just kind of get like a weird like rug burn all over your stomach. Yes, <laughs> the only time I ever actually interacted with one in real life, I got the burn. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck this! I'm yeah. never doing that again." Because because like you get back, you get a running start, you run and jump, and you flop on it. Which, like, you're just flopping on hard ground. I mean, yeah. it's not like there's no cushion to it. I was wrong. That invention sucked. The, the what? <laughs> that invention sucked. Oh, it, it totally busted. sucked. You know what's, what sucks, too, is, like, by that time, we already knew the real secret. Fucking, you wait till your parents aren't home. You yeah. go into the kitchen. You get the floor wet. And then mm-hmm. you put some dishwashing liquid yeah. on the floor. You'll be slipping all day long. Yeah. That's like shit. that's that pretty much would work better than slip and slide because slip and slide was some bullshit because like the only way it would really work if you covered it with about a gallon of astro glide or something you know what i mean mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. water on like that that fucking rough plastic no nah, it didn't work that's why they pay us the big bucks the came version is gonna work better that's oh, what yeah. it needed the whole time that's what it needed I'll never forget when I found out there was came lube and i i think they've like removed all this type of shit from ebay you can buy but I was like looking for something and it came up and it was just like, I think it was called cum lube. And I was like, and it was just like a black bottle and it says, looks like a real came. I looked at it. I was like, that's fucking genius because finally yes. now us men have a way to fake an orgasm. Exactly. You, basically all the betas have to lube up their cock with real men's semen. Like these are the real <laughs> Chad dicks that fucking came all the lube cum. Well, for that and for guys like us who we just run out of cane because we're doing big canes all the time. Like, like it's pretty ingenious because you just keep a like a bottle of it down by like your leg or whatever, and you like get a handful, and then like you pull out, you go, oh, you just like like real quick with a mo- hand motion, you just flip it all over their their chest I, and stomach. I'm gonna let any everybody in on the little top insider secret. Fucking buy that shit now before communism is. The way we're running the world because that shit's going to be liquid gold once we hit office it's probably going to be the new currency exactly it is basically 
But anyway, we're going to get it rolling here with the New Year's Eve celebration. Uh, we got to pause on the 20th Century Fox logo just right when it first comes up. I'm like four seconds in on the, the old original Blu-ray. There's been like three or four Blu-rays of this now. But I'm going to sit, say one, two, three, go. When you hear me say go, hit play on your remote. I really don't even shouldn't have to say this anymore because I don't think anybody does it but us. But, exactly. but I guess it's, exactly. it still works for us because I need you to hit play at the same time I do. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not redundant. I was hoping that'd be for, for 2023, that'd be something we could just exercise out of the podcast. But I guess not. I guess we're stuck with it until the end of time. Like, until we can mentally, until our boy Elon Musk comes up a way to mentally control your Blu-ray players and PCs with your mind, we're stuck uh, like fucking uh, apes at the beginning of Stanley Kubrick's 2001 hitting this fucking play button forever. Fucking, he's he's such a, he's gonna figure out how we're gonna do it. We're basically we're gonna have to press play on one and then jump in the fucking uh, hyperloop, go to your house, press play. If there's gonna be a delay, but fucking, that's all we can do for now, baby. That's exactly. all we can do. By the way, did you see that new trailer for Stanley Kubrick's Barbie movie? Oh, that looks amazing. Such Kino. I can't believe he came out of retirement. He hasn't made a movie since Eyes Wide Shut, and he's coming back to make Barbie the motion picture. It's going to be amazing. Exactly. All right. You ready, Zach? I am. One, two, three, go. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at those spotlights. Who are they looking for up there? Fucking who knows? Fucking uh, probably looking for what they did with this logo because they haven't used it for. We were talking before we started <laughs> yeah. that they should have just called it 21st Century Fox once the fucking once the, once the whole fucking you know millennium happened. Once they went whole... they went down the dark path of Fox 2000 back around 1998. Everything started calling itself whatever 2000. There was a bunch of movies that had you know Dracula 2000, Blues Brothers 2000. Like why would the Blues Brothers of all people care that it was going to be the year 2000? Exactly. Do you think it's fitting that it starts out with a close up of a, of a fucking dumpster fire? What a shit film. Am I right? No, I'm just joking. I'm just fucking. Aaron on the fucking Revival House, he always talks about how shitty this movie is, and I, I don't get it. I don't fucking. To me, at the worst, this movie is just like fucking you know it's like average at the worst yeah i mean it, it's it's no masterpiece but it's just how many new year's eve films are there for you to cover on your podcast for new year's eve and like i personally you know like once it came out on blu-ray i got it right away i was like man i like you know because there's really only three jamie lee curry i mean i'm not counting these ones where she came back and fought michael myers when she was like 60 years old like but there's really only three jamie lee curtis uh screen queen films there's halloween prom night and terror train so i mean it's just like that alone makes it worthy and like i like this one and we'll get into it it was getting uh, like later on like i think there's a probably a reason a lot of different reasons why people don't like this movie as much but like for whatever it lacks in like slasher movie-esque like it actually really makes up in a fun cast and just like some goofy shit going on that's fun like i actually look at this almost more like um like i would never like watch this movie on like halloween night to be scared but I would just watch it like we're watching it now to enjoy New Year's Eve because, like, that's the kind of movie it is, you know? Mm -hmm. Fucking, uh, apparently they shot this last, too. This is the last thing they shot. And I, well, from what I read, it made it seem like this was shot after, like, they decided, like, they needed some origin thrown in for the... So, to, to me, the idea of thinking that, like, this wasn't there and it was just a guy that showed up at the end like that that would not have felt satisfying at all <laughs> no no it just some guy get, well originally the original story um i found this out the other day 
was the, the producer. Like This wasn't even like a writer-director coming up with the idea of this movie. It was the producer on the interview. He says, like, uh, he just he just came up with the idea to do Halloween on a train. So he literally just remade Halloween in the script with Michael Myers getting out of the um, insane asylum. But instead on this, it was like the train uh, stopped at a stop like a, like a, for like a second. And then, like, at the same time, like, the guy was escaping from the horror, from the uh, insane asylum, and he ran and jumped onto the train. And I'm like, mm -hmm. this opening is so much better than that would have been. You know what I mean? Exactly. We just saw basically the Poindexter who, uh, fucking, uh, I'm going to let everybody in on a secret. That's the killer, that fucking Poindexter <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah. That's what's so funny about this movie is, it's like, this is one of the slasher movies where it's like, fucking, we know who the killer is from the beginning, because we see... It's like, oh, he must be trying to get revenge. We're, if we're able to put it together in our mind, and I think that was part of the official like plot. Like, if you looked at the back of the box, it basically yeah. just told you, like, fucking after a prank gone wrong, you know, fucking uh, this guy decides he's gonna fucking get revenge on his on the train. I don't know. Maybe that's not how it's said. Maybe I'm completely misremembering. <laughs> I mean, it's I'm pretty stupid. Pretty much though, if you watch the trailer, BB, like it it spoils everything. It shows all the people who died. Like, you know what I mean? Like the the people that die like three-fourths of the way through the movie it shows them dying in the trailer so it's kind of like there's no mystery with this movie exactly this movie does not give a fuck basically they were trying to start a new thing because like they they saw the trends they're like freddy krueger jason Voorhees. it's all about the killer we gotta fucking make i was thinking about this imagine an alternate universe where nobody gave a fuck about halloween they thought fucking halloween was a template and then they fucking perfected the formula with terror train fucking that's the fucking uh, jamie lee curtis kino fucking joint that we all remember imagine if we got you know endless sequels they fucking david gordon green he was mm. just doing the fucking the new one of this and like fucking imagine like the coolness that could have came out of a fucking med student uh killer uh who who just changes his fucking costume like it, like it's nobody's business like that could have been interesting it really could have like we gotta just talk what's going on because like i always had this weird thing in my head like because i watched this in prom night on cable as a kid and for some reason, I always thought this was the way Prom Night started. So, like, years later, when I finally got the Blu-ray of Terror Train, I was like, oh, no, shit, that's how Terror Train starts. But, yeah, the, the, they, they picked this Pledge Kenny. He's a real skinny, dorky guy. Like, he looks like one of the guys from Revenge of the Nerds, like, exactly. In fact, I think... Skinny wiener. Yeah, I think Revenge of the Nerds was actually based on him, on um, this plot. But, um... Yeah. Apparently, he's they picked on him in the fraternity because he was the lowest testosterone pledge. So for some reason, they, yeah. they've been building it up in his head for weeks and at this party that Jamie Lee Curtis really wants to fuck him. Exactly. <laughs> and they tell the him, fuck? go in the bedroom. And when he does, it, it like Jamie Lee Curtis is hiding behind the bed and in the bed is a middle-aged corpse woman. That's a little far, ain't it? Yeah. Like, fuck it, if, if it was just like a dummy... Or like fucking they, they did the Toxic Avenger thing. Look, he spurgs out yeah. because of this and starts twirling himself around in the fucking the, the awning thing. It's confusing because he sees the corpse and he gets scared, but then he stands up and it's like a weird canopy bed. He gets caught up in the canopy and also he starts twirling around in the canopy super fast. And like I, I was like, oh, he's scared. He's freaking out. But then like he starts coming like a demon. You just hear him going, oh, yeah. oh, well, like, oh. Like, he blows his load like. That's the thing. He started twirling around and it's, it's tightened around his neck. So then he's, he thought, like, I'm already hanging here. I might as well come because uh, right. he's going to die anyway. He, he's going to pull the fucking, uh, uh, what's his name? Carradine. Yeah. Fucking. If I die 
from suicide. I hope that's how it is. I hope that's fucking yeah. like. Uh, well, it, it, won't, it won't be decide. suicide if you accidentally die from it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. What if that's how people who commit suicide but don't want the you know to leave their family you know with that burden they just start jacking off while they kill themselves and it is like that would work out for everybody's benefit i think well maybe they um maybe they uh the reason that they're auto uh, what's it called auto asphyxiation erotic asphyxiation erotic asphyxiation okay yeah maybe the reason they're doing that is to escape the terribleness of their family exactly Exactly. They want them to come and find them that way. They want them to come in and find them coming, basically. Yeah. Fucking, because like they can't clean that shit up. They're already dead. So it's just said it wherever it lands, it's where it stays. It's like that's like the final whatever. Fuck you to their to their family or their caretakers or whoever they got with them. It's mm-hmm. like it's like you're you in order to get to my corpse to cut me down and try to put some pants on me, in order to give me a um. Uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? A uh, uh, meaningful death, or a, a, a not yeah. a? I'm blanking on the word. A dignified death. Dignified. That's what our boy Robin Williams did in the movie The World's Greatest Dad. He was the world's greatest Epic. dad because he came and put the pants on the kid. Mm, that was a great film. I want to watch that again. Yeah, it's really good. But like, yeah, that's like the final act. Is like in order to get to my body to make me not seem like such a fuck up in death, you're gonna have to walk through like all these several feet of my cane all over the floor. Mm-hmm, exactly. You know what? One thing is that's fun about this movie is that it completely ripped off the classic 2001 film uh, Valentine. That came out in 2001, didn't it? Something like that. I think it was earlier, BB. I think it was like 98 or 99. Might have been. It, this movie be ripped it the fuck off way before it even did it. I was going to say, because I almost brought that up when we were talking about the... I think his name's Kenny, the, the low-T pledge. Who? Yeah. Um, oh, and what a great uh, idea to make a fucking movie where the serial killer wears a fucking uh, David Hess mask. That was oh, genius. Exactly. exactly. But uh, unfortunately, I was going to say, if, if we could do it, if... Uh, who do they call it? A24. If they could remake Terror Train, we could have a really keno take on it where he actually goes through with it and has sex with the corpse. But unfortunately, Tubi, of all places, remade Terror Train this year, actually, mm-hmm. and they released it for Halloween. And just because they released it for Halloween, they rewrote the script and made it make uh, the little party on the train take place on Halloween. I thought that was bullshit. It is bullshit. Fucking, it was a good call getting uh, Chris Angel to play David Copperfield's uh, role, though. Oh, big time. It makes sense, though, because he was the David Copperfield at the time. Uh, like, every, have, Did you notice, though, like everybody's a magician in this film, not just David Copperfield, who we'll talk about in a little bit. He makes a screen debut. Like the, the fraternity guy, he's got a trick for the bus driver. He tries to give him a joint, but the little pill box has a finger in it. And then the... See, I, I, w- I was never sure if that was David Copperfield or the, another character because they, they look the same. They do look the same. I was like, was David Copperfield fucking hanging out with the kids, smoking joints? That's fucking dog. I saw, here. here's our guy. He's the one who actually makes this movie for me, our boy Ben Johnson, the old cowboy western actor who plays the train conductor. I saw mm-hmm. an interview with the producer, and he was like, oh, like he was so great to have. He was a great actor. He liked working with the younger actors and everything. And unfortunately, we uh, we, we lost them you know, shortly after making this film. I looked it up, like, Ben Johnson died, like, 16 years after this film was released. <laughs> Damn. 
That's a slow death. I blame this movie. Maybe the producer. I love this guy too. His costume is he just wears a gimp mask. Is he going to like tie himself up in the back car of the train and get fucked or like what? I never even noticed that. I never yeah. even noticed the gimp mask. Why doesn't he ever wear that as the killer? What a messed yeah, that up would, that would be like, I think there was. I think I could be wrong. I'm blanking on the name of it, but there was this like thriller movie. I remember it. Yeah, with black Leslie Ann down, with the the cover was a guy in a black leather gimp mask. I, I think it was called Blackout or something. I think like you're that. right. I think you're right. Yeah. I remember there was an episode of fucking uh oh god unsolved mystery or fucking what is it? What, what was the one on like uh, Court TV? Oh, forensic Files. Forensic yeah, Forensic Files. files. Yeah, there I used to watch one... it on Netflix. They fucking took it off. Yeah, there was one episode where the, the basically they found out there's this guy he killed like a neighbor or something, and like he uh, on his way out he turned the thermostat all the way down to stop the body from decomposing, and like it became evidence, and they found that movie. Or they found out that was like one of his favorite movies or something. And they found it in his collection. <laughs> Fucking, that's what he did. This, there, there was some like shoddy. Uh, I, uh, I seen that science. episode. I remember that. <laughs> he put, there was some he put the AC all the way down to like forty degrees or some shit. Yeah, I remember. I remember that. And there was another episode where some of the evidence that put a guy in jail was that he downloaded that GNR song. <laughs> really? <laughs> I used to love her, but I had to kill her. And he, they were like, he obviously killed his wife because he did. <laughs> that was on there. That was, I was just like, fuck. Imagine how great of a prosecutor where you, with a straight face, you can fucking tell a jury of like 12 people that this, you know, for a fact, this guy's guilty of murder because he listened to the song that like sold like 10 million copies. <laughs> I hope, I hope there was more than just that as evidence. Yeah, yeah I'm on. sure there was, but. We're talking over the setup of the fucking the conductor guy. The conductor no guy's fucking chat. He wants to have sex with this lady in a wheelchair, and like he's clearly like a big stud because like he doesn't care. But uh, yeah, like she's in a wheelchair. That means he can fuck her for hours, and he'll never come because uh, she's numb down there. Exactly. It's just like Freddie got fingered. I don't know how that would stop him from coming, but we <laughs> we all love the assertive humor here on the on the. <laughs> <We> fu- <do. laughs> We're like we're like eighteen, we're like fifteen minutes in, and people are already sick of us here and talking about King. Now, okay, like this is like the first criticism. It ain't criticism to me, but like this is what's different about like this movie versus other slasher movies is like there's no build up to this guy getting a sword through his stomach. The guy dressed as naked Groucho Marx, like everybody mm-hmm. just sees him. He got a sword in his stomach. He's bleeding everywhere. Everybody's like, "Oh, you're such a prankster!" Ha ha! They get on the train. They, they play it off like the Shelley from Part Three. From uh, Friday Thirteenth type shit, where they think he's joking, like he's got he's got movie style effects, yeah. and he did that to himself. And I like that he's changing into the David Hess costume just this quick with nobody noticing. <laughs> well, the 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 train conductor, he's like looking, and like nobody sees anything. Exactly. And then the last guy on the train is like Tyrone Biggums from David Chappelle show, that crackhead guy. He, he did. He did. He was dressed just like that <laughs> exactly. character. Is that what? Did he see this movie? Yeah, and just decide that's it. That's the yes. look I'm looking for. <laughs> that's genius. And then the body gets run over. It's pretty awesome. That remake was called Train. Am I right? Or I'm pretty sure it's called it? Terror Train. Fucking! I want to say they made they remade it and called it Train because I remember like Dead Pit was talking about it. Really? And like they might have 
remade it again and there's like a newer movie called terror train it's like really cheap yeah it's on it's that's the one that's on tv because they even they you know the the guy that has like the snake costume in this one they try to recreate in that one but like it's so shitty it's like a frog costume instead is that the remake that you were talking that, yeah about? that's the newest remake. i didn't know about the the the, the first remake called train uh, or whatever yeah apparently it, it started i don't know if the finished version was a remake of this but like mm-hmm. it started out as a terror train remake and then like and i remember when it came out it was called train and then everybody just kind of talked about how it had like if it was a remake it was just a remake and name only it was one of those where they just wanted the name recognition because oh. it had nothing to do with the original that's fucking weird like they didn't own the rights or whatever maybe this chick is very stacy super stacy there, there's some big stacy's in here uh one of them's like pretty famous but um <clears throat> Fucking the, the guy's real girlfriend that this chick is che- trying to cheat on uh, with. Fucking, mm-hmm. uh, I think she's dressed like Cleopatra or something. Very Stacy. Very Stacy. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, well, when she shows up, I'll, I'll point her out. But she's like really went on after this to become famous too. But yeah, so, so like the killer right now, like basically because this is a costume party. And that's like the only thing. And like maybe that's why like. Because, you know, nowadays, Zach, like, nobody has any imagination. That's probably why the remake producers are like, we got to set it on Halloween. Everybody's wearing costumes. Ooh, it doesn't make sense. Nobody wears costumes on New Year's Eve. But, like, you know, back in the day, back in 1979 when they filmed this, came out in 1980, people had imagination. And they know you would get dressed up with a gimp mask or a donkey mask on New Year's Eve. Ain't that right? Hell, yes. I want to get a gimp mask. I do, too. Now, where, this... how, where do you buy those? I think you got to go to a sex shop where they say, but you know what? Is there even sex shops available anymore? Because like there used to be like, you had to go to like a, a, a CD sex shop to get a dildo. Now there's like all those, what do you call them? Like Spencer gifts and shit selling dildos. Uh, like, can I get a Gimp mask on Amazon? I bet you can. Amazon for sure. It'll probably be a, like a sh- cheap, shitty vinyl one from China or something. Probably. But this part of the movie, like you said, the killer's running around with the David Hess mask. So like, which which uh, David Hess film was this uh, mask based on? You think uh, Last House on the Left or To All a Good Night? Fucking, uh, I, I see a hint of the Hitcher in there. Okay. Hitchhiker. Yeah, that one. Which one? Which one was the one he was in? Was it Hitchhiker or Hitcher? I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was just called Hitchhike. Hitchhike. Yeah. Hitchhike. That's yeah. a good film. That's a good film. Yeah. Frank O'Neill, that scene where him and Frank O'Neill fuck and the wife watches and flicks her clip. <laughs> flicks her hot, hot as hell. Yeah, like the, we missed some dialogue there, but it was great. Or like the younger guy who actually runs the train, he's talking to the conductor and like they're making fun of the train conductor because the train conductor guy, this is just a part-time job for him because this isn't a full-time train. It's just called a excursion train. It's basically like a party train you just rent out so you can go on you know go on the train and have a party for a couple hours but um the conductor his full-time job is he owns an rv dealership and he's having trouble selling rvs and the guy who actually steers the train comes back and makes fun of him and tells him like oh the price is gas is going up so people are going to end up you know shipping all the stuff cross country on trains again trains are going to make a big comeback and that's like a big uh through line like even at this point in time in 1980 when this film was released uh they was talking about the uh what do you call it? The obsolescence, like like our boy A Rod, or, or A Ron. Uh, he talks about the obsolescence of Blu-ray. He can't he can't even go near it anymore. He needs 4K everything. That's what they was talking about in 1980. But yeah, it never came true because like 
I still hear a choo-choo train goes off uh, about a half mile from my house every single night at 3 a.m. I hear it. Whenever we finally win on the communist platform, we are going to bring back the fucking uh, the trains. We need, we are underutilizing the train. I want to fucking put forth fucking, uh, you know, all the architecture and all the fucking the money we need to build the bullet trains. Fucking like they got in the China's. I want to go. I want to be at my house and go hang out with my boy, the goat, in like fifteen minutes. I'll be exactly. there, baby. High Good speed. Chain. High. Now they call them bullet trains, but uh, in, you know, in the future we'll call them semen trains. And like, exactly. literally, they'll run on came and get you anywhere. Now we got to talk about the head of the fraternity here, um, Zach. Uh, this is our boy Hart Bachner. If you don't recognize Hart Bachner, he played a big stud. A cop who was having sex with teenage Leah Thompson in the wildlife, but more famously, he's well known for playing Ellis in um, Die Hard, where he's like, Hans, baby, let's sit down, do some coke, we'll do a deal here. And then they end up just shooting Ellis in the fucking head. But, um, he did not deserve that. He did mm-hmm. not deserve that. He fucking wanted to have a good time with Hans. He did. Hans, Bubby. He wanted to party with him. He did. He. I, I personally think he wanted to get Hans high on coke and suck his dick, but that's for another thing. So you that's what the I would have done too. Yeah, you could have a whole um, Hart Bachner like film fest all year round. For uh, wildlife takes place the week that the kids go back to school, last week of summer vacation. So you could kick it off with that, and then for Christmas you could watch them in Die Hard, and then for New Year's Eve you could watch them in Terror Train. Yeah. Well, I I just read this fun fact. The reason the Groucho Marx mask, uh, the reason he's uh, wearing that is because they were trying to hint that the killer is a, a Marxist, which means he's oh, a wow. big fan of the Marx Brothers, namely Groucho Marx. That was a, I never even knew that until recently, until yeah. reading that here. It's kind of funny, too. Like, um, But you know what's funny, though? If you ever seen the poster, it shows the uh, the guy wearing the uh, David Hess Groucho Marx mask, and he's wearing the train conductor uniform. That's actually not what he's wearing. Like when, like that's like a mismatch of things he wears throughout the film. He never wears the mask with the train conductor uniform at the same time. Yeah, fucking. I hope he's planning on doing some Bill Clinton shit with that cigar. <laughs> he is. Well, you notice too. He, he like, how did he see that prank they had of the like the guy sticking his finger through the the cigarette box but now he replicated with real he, he took a real finger off and put it in there like like there's a lot of close details that you got to really understand with this movie in order to realize how important it is to the slasher genre can't just go love, can't just go shitting on it like aaron did i i i love that shot where she's walking and fucking very stacy and then she passes, and then he comes up behind. For some reason, when I think of this movie, I think of these shots here where they're walking through. I do, too. This, yeah, for some reason, maybe it's just the fucking, however they did this, the, something's very, uh, it works about it. It's like you, you worry about, like, oh, shit, what's he going to do? Because you, know you know he's not who he, she thinks he is. Exactly, and then they kind of do that misdirect where like he's getting ready to lead her away to probably kill her, and then the guy in the snake costume comes all drunk. Mm-hmm. Comes drunk, yeah. I and mean, that's the best way to come too. Well, he's motioning too with the uh, sword in the stomach. Almost looked like he was inviting him to go jack off in this bathroom with him. 
it all it, it's weird because it's like he kills him and then gets puts on his lizard costume like he's fucking Alex Jones or something mm-hmm. and fucking like why does he do that because it looked like it, like I always thought he was only doing that because he wanted to fuck that chick but it looked like she was ready to fuck already in the grouch in the fucking uh I, I almost called it a grouch noir I meant to just call it a David S because that's what it is I, uh... fuck fuck. It also looks just Let's like that, the that one movie critic guy, too. <laughs> Maybe that's why they did it. It wasn't meant to be a Groucho Marx one. It was supposed to... What was that guy's name? Oh, shit. David S. It's David S, baby. Oh, the film critic guy. He had a big mustache. He looked just like Groucho Marx. Like, he was probably doing film reviews. Trying oh, yeah. to evoke the spirit of uh, mm. Groucho Marx. I know Mark. who you're talking yeah. I know who you're talking about. I don't remember his name, though. That, could, that dude was big forever. He had the, he had the fucking worst opinions about movies. <laughs> he was big, calm. Don't lie. <laughs> he, he was. What do you think of uh, uh, Jamie Lee's haircut here? Like, it's not as short as it became in some of her other movies, but it's like an in-between, uh, almost long, almost short. I think uh, it's really Stacy, personally. But um, I don't know. Like, one? Like, she was really weirdly cocaine skinny in prom night. Like, whenever I watch that, it looks like she was doing a lot of cocaine because she's, like, insanely skinny. And, like, she's still really thin in this one, but she looks like, I don't know, she looks, like, more down-to-earth, like. Exactly. All these guys' costumes suck. Not as cool as the killer. Mm. Man, it's driving me nuts. Because I know it's not Gene Sisko, but I think that guy's name was Gene something, too. And he really talked like this. He was doing shitty film reviews. He's not memorable. (laughs) (laughs) I only saw him on TV every week for like 30 years as a kid, but he's not memorable. (laughs) That's what I want written on my tombstone. He's not memorable. Just that. Fucking Gene Shalit. That was his name. Gene Salad. I swear it's Gene Shalit. Yep, Gene Shalit. He looks just like this motherfucking mask in this movie. Maybe, maybe, he would have been in like a big, um, he, he started doing film reviews, it says on TV in 1970, so, yeah, it's a, technically it's a Groucho Marx mask, but like, I bet they put that in there to fucking be like, yeah, we're gonna put this shit in here to, to fuck with Gene Shalit. He, he'll probably give us a shitty review anyway. Exactly. They, they fucking stuck it to him before he could even do it. Like, he was, if anything, he's not even going to watch it or review it now because he's too fucking embarrassed. Yeah. I saw a he guy. He want to admit that he saw it and fucking <laughs> we got one over on him. <laughs> Imagine if he, if he saw it and he wrote the film review, how much of a fool he would look like if he didn't even, he wrote the review, everything that came out, he didn't even realize the killer was dressed like him. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Idiot. Oh, yeah. So we got to talk about the girl dressed like the Egyptian princess here. Um, her name's like Dee Dee Worth or whatever her name was. But that's actually Vanity Baby from uh, The Prince. Uh, it was in Prince's band. She was big. And then she was in like Action Jackson and all that shit later on. She is big fucking Stacy. Huge Stacy. Big fucking Stacy. That one guy that was standing by the peanut machine over there, I swear to God, that motherfucker, like, his his outfit he was wearing, I swear it was supposed to be, like, some Genghis Kong shit, 
but then he was like wearing a mask that looked like a cheap version of a Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like that's almost like some Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure homage shit right there. Yeah, fucking it might have been the same. Uh, they might have just stopped by here after they got done with the fucking uh, the school uh, fucking uh, report. I <laughs> the, think the school talent show slash history report. Now, how is this motherfucker doing this? Like right here on camera, close up, as close as you could get it, 35 millimeter film. Our boy David Copperfield made his appearance. He put a cigarette through a quarter, he lit it, he smoked it, and then he pulled it back out, and there was no hole, nothing in the quarter. Like, I'm not shitting you. I rewound that twice the other night, watched it as I never understood how he did that. Fucking, this is a movie. Fucking, we, we can't be impressed by you doing this shit in the movie. We know how movies are made. You could, they could just fucking be making effects. They could, they pause the camera, they fucking change it. Like, you can't, like, we gotta see you in real life, David. You can't fucking get us with this shit. We already watched movies. You think we really think that people are going to fucking die in this movie when fucking David Hess starts running amok? Exactly. He, David Hess, at this point in time, in the runtime, we've seen David's... Whoa, there, there's somebody who says on the newspaper is gay. That's interesting. That was a big scandal back then. Somebody got called gay on the newspaper. But, um... Mm-hmm. At this point in time, we've seen a motherfucker with a sword through his body. We've seen another guy get his face smashed into a, a bathroom mirror. And you're putting cigarettes through quarters. This is not going to blow anybody away. Fucking idiot. What a coward. Fucking, uh... What's his name again? Who? <laughs> David Copperfield? David Copperfield. What a fucking coward. He's not very memorable, huh? He's not. You're probably too young, but that motherfucker was huge in the '90s, and then like he was, he was getting famous off his his uh, what do you call it, magic shows and specials and shit, and then he started dating that. Claudia Schiffer, and then everybody really like I never understood the correlation like because he started dating Claudia Schiffer, who's real you know world famous supermodel shit. And all of a sudden, everybody wants to see David Copperfield do magic because he was you know dating Claudia Schiffer. That I never understood that. It's like the real magic trick was like you know he made his penis disappear and a woman thousand times better looking than him exactly fucking as we see he's got fucking epic eyebrows he does. fucking what a cute fucking kino cuisino just in the eyebrows he's a fucking like you you think his mom had to check that for lice probably <laughs> probably, probably they probably look like little dry beads of uh, uncle ben's rice up in his <laughs> eyebrows that's how big the lice had got out of control but do you think do you think david copperfield was one of those guys that was really pissed off whenever that show remember that show fuck it was it came out and it was like oh the magician the masked magician he's gonna tell you all the fucking secrets all the stuff the magicians don't he's breaking the magician code They, they said that motherfucker had death threats i'm like first of all i thought it was weird that they got one of the putties from the power rangers (laughs) <laughs> to come reveal all the magic remember that mask that motherfucker wore you can't tell me he wasn't a putty <laughs> dude I remember like I remember like fucking as a kid what, like I'd always like I saw the first one or one of them uh, by chance and I was like man I gotta I gotta fucking see that again that was awesome fucking I, I want like I thought that's so cool that they fucking that he does the magic trick and then they show you how they do it that's so fucking cool and like fucking Mitch Pelleggi from fucking X-Files huh. fucking 
he was he was also a narrator but not the main narrator yeah. and i always remember that he he would always fucking point out how stacy the the lovely assistant was every time like to the point where it was like fuck okay man it's getting it's like every single time like fucking like it'd show her come out check it to make sure like oh no strings or anything and he's like he'd say something like i'd like for her to check me like that yeah. it was something like and it was just like we get it man you're horny fuck i mean he's like i need this is it to check my pants in the front exactly. no lower in the front is there yeah. do you feel anything hard in the pants that shit was that was Kino shit though. They they had that on Netflix for a while. Did she it? is so Stacy. She is. Um, I think she was kind of a famous actress too. I can't remember her name. But um, what was weird was like when he we, when he would finish. Remember when he, the the masked magician when he was finished his tricks right before he showed you how he did it. He would always like twinkle his fingers and go. Bruh, 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 bruh. I remember that. I do. Fuck it. There was a couple. I remember like fucking. They brought it back like once or twice uh, throughout a a series of years. Mm -hmm. Like, and like fucking every time it like it ended with them like revealing who the magician was this season. Like fucking Mm -hmm. the first. Basically, they were like basically once he reveals himself, he's he's gonna kind of disappear off into the sunset because like he can't do this shit. Nobody will trust him with the magic tricks anymore. He's gonna be blacklisted from the magician's. Uh, codes of conduct, shit like that. They made it fucking. We, it's a good thing we're talking about this while we're just seeing the magic show happen. Yeah, he's just doing the magic show. Fuck. I, I remember growing up though. Uh, my babysitter, she had like a VHS tape that she had from fucking old David Copperfield, and we'd watch it over and over again. And like, you remember how he used to like, come up to the screen? I'm gonna show you uh, cards and put yeah. your finger on a card. You choose any random card you want. And then like fucking, it always like end with him turning around. It's like, is this your card? Like he fucking. And then every time my babysitter would be like, how does he fucking do it? How does he fucking do it? And I remember as a kid, I was like, I don't understand how this is working. I don't understand the questions he's asking. Whenever I follow the directions, he doesn't pick the one I pick. But I don't know if uh, I'm just misunderstanding one of his questions. Fucking, uh, but it was funny because it was a VHS tape, and my my stupid fucking babysitter always acted surprised when it when he, it was right. Like fucking, you you already you already know which card that turns around. It's a tape. You recorded this. <laughs> you record. I thought you meant like she bought it at Suncoast Video or something. No, she just she just taped it from the TV. Taped it off NBC, but uh. But yeah, like uh, going back to that mass magician reveals all shit. That was actually paid homage to a couple months ago. This fucker, uh, wrestling fucker MJF. He wore, he wore it wasn't the exact same mask, but they tried to recreate it, make it be like it. And he came out in this black suit, like the mass magician guy wore, and he had the mask on. And he, he came out and he interfered in like a like it was like a thing where you had to like climb up a ladder and grab a big casino chip. And he did that shit, and then he pulled off the mask and revealed it was him. But it was weird that the fucking whatever it's been twenty five years since that shit was on TV. People are still gonna, referencing it. He's gonna have to fucking disappear off into the sunset now because he broke the magician's code. He did. He broke. He broke the wrestler's code. He wore a mask and nobody knew who he was. He wasn't That's even right. entered into the battle royal and he still won it. What What was that uh, documentary? It was like a mockumentary about the wrestler who kicks a guy's head off and he gets traumatized from it. I don't know. I've never I've never heard of that. <laughs> Something like that. 
I was gonna I was gonna set up to like fucking he was basically that was gonna end up happening basically fucking wearing a mask as a wrestler fucking you're just asking for that shit to happen see the, the fucking magic show is still going on yeah like basically he's levitating this uh he's got a really the David Copperfield he's got a really fucking sexy uh, female assistant like you see how contoured and muscular her thighs are there I wish I wish she would levitate above me exactly like or, Mitch Pelleggi would say or levitate below you would be just as good. Hey, baby, I can pick you up like that with my boner. Oh, look at it. He's making her fly up and everything. But, yeah, it's kind of weird, though. Like, the producer was saying, like, like this movie, like, I swear, like, uh, like there's really, like, I didn't read anything or not, nobody really said anything about, like, who wrote the script or how. Like, I think people just, like, cobbled shit together in a script because they were talking about how, like, um, First, the producer just wrote like a twenty-page outline, and then like the that's whole... the script. That's the script they shot with. That's why we're seeing this entire <laughs> entire, entire magic show. <laughs> but I don't think it's a bad thing. I just, I just think they figure like we got ninety minutes to kill. They're, you know, it's on a train. There ain't that much that can happen. So we just show mm-hmm. this whole uh, magic show. But no, but like yeah, like the one producer guy. He just um, originally there was no magician in the script whatsoever, and. Um, he just personally knew David Copperfield and they're like, oh, he's so good. You know, we should do his tricks and everything on screen in a movie. So, like, they literally got David Copperfield just cut and then they wrote it in, which is weird when you, when it was, like, so thrown together because, like, pretty much the whole, like, I'd say, when you say the last 30 minutes of the movie, like, David Copperfield becomes, like, a big plot point. For some reason, Jamie Lee Curtis thinks he's a killer and all this shit. Exactly. Fucking, basically, they knew, like, oh, this guy's really gonna blow up. We're gonna have to give fucking uh give a reason for him to be here otherwise they're just gonna know he's the killer as soon as they see him yeah. so let's not make him the killer but then let's put it in the movie that he might be the killer that chick very stacy that's yeah. the chick from uh prince yeah vanity fucking did they did was she ever naked in one of the music videos i don't think she i mean she was always skimpily dressed like she is here but um i can't remember she got naked like i think she did playboy it was like kind of sad too. She passed away like not that long ago. She wasn't that old either. But um, I think it was one of those things like after she did all her big music career, and I think she had her own album out at one point too. But like it was like one of those things. All of a sudden, she got super religious and then denounced like everything she had ever done in her oh, entertainment. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Fucking vanity coming back to me. <laughs> vanity come back. But uh, that, I like that. Yeah, the the chick with the the, the witch outfit. Yeah. Later on, we're gonna see a, a scene where they they're looking for the killer. And they open up a, a bunk and they see her witch outfit sitting there. And when I I was watching this to get ready for the commentary, I was like, why did he never wear that fucking coward? Yeah, I know it would be amazing. Why didn't he change that? I like the little band there though. It's like there's like a drummer, there's a girl playing bass, and there's a guy that playing key like a little keyboard and singing. And like they have the the lyrics up on the screen, I was like I like how he's like he's singing a song, but it's all about doing a big came, and he's saying, "Baby, will you let me? Will you let me uh, do it?" And then like at the same time, he's singing it to Jamie Lee Curtis, who's like literally like, what would you say? She was like six inches from his face, and she's like he's like winking at her and everything. Like everybody's flirting with her, and like she, she was flirting with David Copperfield. Like everybody's just trying to fuck Jamie Lee Curtis on this uh, train, except for her boyfriend, who's trying to fuck these other girls now. Fucking, isn't that's how life tends to be? Tends to be fucking. Uh, you see the Stacy, you're like fucking. 
fucking, I, I gotta let the Stacy know I'm down to fuck. You tell the Stacy, the Stacy, fucking, she ain't down to fuck. She likes that guy over there, but he likes other Stacy. That's just how it works. Fucking, life is a cruel joke, really. Well, it's weird too, because that was supposed to be her boyfriend. It's just like, just because you went on this train for two hours, you all of a sudden you're just gonna fuck all these other people. Mm hmm. It's all good shit. Yeah, here the the snake man, he's all bashed apart here. But when he was walking to the um, the conductor guy, when he was walking through that sleeper car, like they kind of uh, showed before, like the, when the girl who was dressed like a witch was opening up all the little bunk curtains, like people were in there, like fucking. So like every time the conductor walks through the train, does he just hear like ten groups of people like banging away in those little things? Yeah, I, I noticed that while watching this last time. Uh, there's multiple cars on this train so like are we pres- presuming that like fucking uh, it, it, you, you ever have like those thought experiments while you're watching a horror movie where like oh if i was trapped in a horror movie if i was trapped in this horror movie fucking would i survive like i, I like i i remember like friends used to say shit like fucking oh if you had to be stuck in one horror movie what would it be and i would always pick like fucking friday the 13th part two and i would have just been one of the guys that went to the bar because it's like, fucking, you're going to survive, baby. Fucking, like, this is kind of like that, too. You could just be on terror train, but you're in one of the other cars. You know what I mean? Because exactly. it, it seems like in one of them, they're just dancing, having a good time most of the time. Or you could just be one of the original, like, as long as you're not one of the original people that played the prank on him. Like, he really doesn't kill anybody other than, like, the train worker guys. He does kill the guys that were up in the conductor's booth at some point. Not the conductor's booth, or whatever, where he steered and shit. But like mm-hmm. he really just doesn't kill just random people. Like it's if it seems like in the beginning he's just killing random people because you don't really know what the story is yet. But he's really not. Mm-hmm. So like if you were just like the because like from that beginning scene where the guy like twirled around in the thing and he, he made the demon come noise to now like they say it's like three years because they're like uh, freshmen then Jamie Lee is and then she's a senior now. So like. Yeah, like if you were just like a guy or one of the girls who came into the uh, the school or whatever, like in the last two years, like he's not even going to try to kill you. He don't even know you. Mm-hmm. It's all good though. I was thinking, like my idea about this movie having all the sequels, and he was like the fucking killer medical student. All the cool gadgets. He could have been like a Batman with cool gadgets. Like fucking, yeah. he's got like. Fucking the the scalpel, uh, fucking he got bone cutters. He's gonna fucking use on people. Crazy shit. Yeah, it's it's funny too, cause like, um, damn, that Stacy's wearing that ugly ass mask. Take that off. But um, it's funny too, cause like um, the um, I just lost what I was gonna say. Damn, she's just smoking reefer out in the open. I but, thought she was gonna do coke off his dick. <laughs> that's what it looked like. That's what it looked I was like. like this is this is fucking this movie. This is a chick I want to party with. But it's kind of funny though, because like there, you know, it's supposed to be like there's an entertainment car and so because this is a real train and got some facts for that. I don't get into that in a little bit, but like, um, the uh, the like the car where they did the magic show and where they had the band playing, like that was a completely empty car and they brought all the shit in there. But like, there's it's weird. Like you rent this train, but like it seems like you got to bring all your own food and booze and everything because like, like there's really no bar area where like anybody's handing out drinks. There's just like these fucking like tables where all this booze is. You know what I mean? Exactly. 
fucking that reminds me this it's almost christmas right now fucking uh, christmas parties are you gonna go to any christmas parties no why would i fucking you got to go to the christmas parties we got to get, do coke off of some guy's cock <laughs> well tonight I, is new year's eve so i'm going to the new year's eve parties Hell yeah. I forgot we're doing this live on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Fucking, I am an idiot. I'm a coward. (laughs) Was she dressed up? Was she? (laughs) You're a coward. You're too afraid to do this podcast on New Year's Eve. You gotta try and make it about a Christmas party. She looked like she was dressed up like fucking Wendy from like The Shining, but with blonde hair. Like she had the, the same face going on. Same makeup. It fucks, it fucks with me a little bit. Now, this killer is, like, supernatural because, like, now he, he he changed. The guy saw the real dead guy covered in blood in the snake outfit. And now the killer went in there, took the body out, cleaned up all the blood. Then he put the snake outfit on. And mm. then, like, he got back just in time for the conductor to get the other conductor. And, like, they're like, oh, what? Oh, he just seems like he was drunk. And the guy's like, I could have sworn I seen blood all over this room. Like, imagine, mm. like, how impeccable the timing is of all this. Like, I almost think this could be, like, some scream shit where there's three different killers all running around at the same time, but it's not. It's just one. Yeah, I remember thinking that uh, one time when I went, and look, she she just happens to come back, fucking, uh, and it's all good. Like, see, like, he could have gotten laid if he stayed in the David has mask, but, like, mm-hmm. he's going to get laid anyway. And like what's like he's a genius, and he I think he can see the future because not only did he dress up like this, he knew like he was gonna need his severed hand later, yeah. so he's hiding that. So where do you think he's hiding that? Like right now, he just, I think he just sewed on an extra two feet onto the the jacket collar so that he could hide it up in there. He could uh, have it in his ass too. <laughs> I never I was, thought of it because when thinking. he gets up in the bunk with her to have sex, like you really don't see if he's able to reach in the back of his pants or not. Exactly, and he pulls it out just in time, and she she feels that cold hand. Mm-hmm. Like he could have like he could have fisted her with the hand, and just left it up there. Like that would have been a good reveal. That would have been like a really great plot twist, actually. Because it's kind of weird because like you, you kind of got to think of it and keep track of everything because like he kind of recreates all the shit that they do like he recreated the little box that had the finger in it and then like also too like <laughs> like we, we didn't talk about um you see how many like it was supposed to look like oh yeah this is like the fucking the uh, the class and it was like fucking just like three pictures on the page it was just <laughs> them like they didn't want to go out and get a bunch of other extras to be in the book. Well, maybe that was all their pledge class was that year in the yearbook. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, it might have been. Because uh, I don't think it was for the whole school. I think it was just for their thing. No, yeah, like I couldn't. I thought like the guy who was originally wearing the snake costume and this girl were boyfriend girlfriend, but I guess not. I guess like uh, he was with the vanity, who's now cheating, and now this girl is like, oh, we're gonna cheat too. Because she even says something about, like, oh, we never got a chance to know each other. But, um... Doesn't yeah. this movie make you want to be in fucking medical school on a train? Like, cheating on your girlfriend Vanity with some other I, I don't think it's all about medical school, though. I think only Hart Bachner, that they call him Doc, I think he's the only one in medical school. Mm-hmm. I think the rest are just undergrads. I think even he's pre-med. He talks about being pre-med. So he's not even technically in medical school yet. 
Look, some of these shots of her are in focus. Some of them are. Some of them are. A lot of them aren't. I noticed that. Is it just because she's so hot they just didn't realize they weren't even focused? Well, going back to the fact that they filmed this on a real train, I I think it was just hard to get the camera in where they needed it, honestly. It might be the copy I'm watching, too. Yeah. It's a pretty soft movie overall. Like like the, uh, what do you call it? The one that I have, the Shout Factory Blu-ray, they really try to sharpen it up. Like it looks a little artificially sharpened. And then later on, I think Scorpion put it out and people said that one like looked really soft. So it's just the way the movie was shot. But um, the, way they, the way they filmed that's a little weird because it's like she looks at him and he's still there. Like he could still have his hand there. It's supposed to be like he got so far away and you can see both of his hands. So it's like, oh, who's touching me? And then she notices it's a severed hand. They fucked it up. He looks weird. Fucking uh, David Copperfield. You see him right there? <laughs> Well, he's supposed to be uh, suspicious, right? Isn't this part of the the movie where he's looking at everybody and you're supposed to... I just think he looks looks like like a young guy there. He looks like fucking like uh, Ringo Starr uh, fucking came back from the dead. Like you just opened up your fucking bathroom one night and he's just standing there like that. That's (laughs) that's scary shit. Well, he has the 70s hair. You know, later on, in the 90s, he had like that bouffant hairdo. Here, he's just got like the, the hair grown down over his ears and... You know, kind of flopping down on his forehead. I, I literally just I, I I look at him and I see that scene from fucking uh uh, uh what the creep show where mm-hmm. they come back with fucking Leslie Nielsen that one with the open the door and instead of the fucking them it's his fucking dead Ringo star. Like when he comes through, because his yeah. face gets all wrinkly, he looks like Ringo Starr all of a sudden. Fucking, that's just what I'm seeing. I, I that's just how I feel. I'm sorry. Isn't it funny in Creepshow how, like, because they drowned the zombies and then afterwards when they try to talk, like, I can't remember, don't they always sound like they're gurgling shit in their mouth? Exactly, yeah, yeah, fucking, I always wondered why. (laughs) Couldn't the zombie puke that shit out? Yeah, David Cabo fit. And they were talking about, because they filmed this on real train. Um, that's cgi that's cgi he's a fucking liar and they built it they built everything in here like yeah they had to design the set and the like the top there where they would hide all the lighting they had to do it in a way to uh hide all the little strings or how they call them um, um micro filaments that uh copperfield needed to make shit float around i thought that was interesting but that motherfucker will tell you that everything you saw was just as like the, the actors didn't know anything either <laughs> they didn't they were just as confused Imagine as Imagine if your else. babysitter was an extra in this film. She would have been amazed all day long watching them do magic. Could it be that magicians are just lying when they say that fucking, uh, uh, you see a Chris Angel thing and he's like, let me, let me just say, I don't know you, right? Pull out your wallet. And it's like, he knows, he knows. Or it could be that magicians are the only ones telling the truth. Did you ever look at it that way? It could be, it could be. No, I don't know this girl's name. I like this girl. Her her costume is that she's completely naked and she's just got a tall man's pair of pants pulled up to like to her nipples just to cut barely cover her breasts and she, she's ready to take this big pair of pants off. Like literally all she's wearing is a big pair of pants uh pulled up. Yeah. And then she wants to take it off and have sex with this guy in the bird costume, but he doesn't want to. Like what did he think was going to happen when they went back into this car by themselves? He, he he thought she was just going to try his clothes on. She He was going to try her clothes on. Fucking maybe they'll drink some beer. Maybe they'll fucking 
He didn't know. Fucking, uh, what do you expect? He was very, very low-T. Now, going back to the scene before when the killer uh, killed uh, probably one... I don't know if she's the hottest, but one of the hottest women in the movie. Didn't you find it ironic that the whole reason the killer was killing people was he was getting revenge because they tricked him. They thought he was going to have sex. Well, he thought that he was going to get to have sex with a hot woman, and they tricked him. But now here's his opportunity because she thinks it's the other guy. He could have finally had sex with a hot woman, and he passes it up just to do his fucking lame bullshit killings exactly uh, i think this is the problem with uh, all these people they fucking they don't know what they want fucking what if like uh, all the incels what if like fucking the pussy is just the worst thing in the world and they don't know it it's possible i'm starting to wonder with all the online you know shit about incels i want to start to wonder if incels actually exist I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Do they? I'm like, where are they? What? Does it just mean like fucking you? You want to be having sex, but you're not. Like, isn't most people incel in that case? Yeah. Like, when you're not having sex, you're an incel. Like, what if you've been married to the same woman for twenty years and you're bored of having sex with her? Does that make you an incel too? Like, I don't really get it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Or or what if you like to have sex every day, but your girlfriend or wife only likes to have sex once a week? Like, after, you, let's say, the day of the week you have sex is a Friday. Like, after Friday comes and goes, are you an incel for the next six days? One can only assume. Like he sl- only he assume. slashed her throat up. And I think she's naked now, I think. I can't tell. What does that mean? Did he kill her and then get her naked? That's what I was thinking, because she still had her clothes on last we saw. Fucking, uh, the, this movie uh, has more questions that it raises than it answers. And I think that that's, ultimately, that's a, a statement about life itself again. We're, we're coming back, and it, this is true Kino, if you just know how to look at it. People talk about how, like, oh, it can be written in, like, 20 minutes after a guy had a dream or something. Yeah. But it's like, fucking... Sometimes the Kino brain just works like that, and you got you you, you can't just fucking uh, you, you got to run, you got to grab on and, and pray that you, it just it doesn't tear you apart. Fucking, you can keep up with it basically. It's funny though because I mean maybe it's because I'm older now too, but like you know like this this is a train full of uh, college kids all getting drunk and having sex. But like when I watch this movie now, the age I'm at now. I actually think the coolest person is the train conductor because he's like a 63 year old man and like it seems like pretty much jamie lee curtis just wants to hang out with him the whole time Mm-hmm. yeah it is it's very strange yeah because remember the part earlier when they were watching the magic show he like was doing some magic shit with her and he was like and like they were talking so warmly like they enjoyed each other's company so much like it's really weird for him mm-hmm. just to be an employee on a train and like this young lady is like taking a liking to him i was gonna mention that you called her the tall man because she's a, a lady wearing a pair of pants and they, <laughs> they they're tall enough to cover her boobs that should have been who they hired to play the tall man and the phantasm movies it would have been a better series i think well there's that one scene where that where which by the way i, I never quite quite figured that out that, i think that was the creepiest thing about Phantasm when I first saw it is I never understood why the tall man took men to the graveyard to have sex with them. Yeah. That was weird. 
Because mm-hmm. like if people don't remember, he makes himself look like like the hottest woman you've ever seen. Like it's not like he lures them there and then before they know it, he pounces. Like no, he legitimately like strips them down, rides them, has orgasms, <laughs> then he tur- then he transforms into fucking you know eighty eight year old Angus Grimm. What if he he's basically he's got like a pouch like a kangaroo pouch and like he heart, he just saves their cum and makes his little like minions with it those little short people yeah but no like that that's like people he transform maybe he needs to mix it with his cum maybe he comes on the people and they turn into because you know there's always these like horror movies where the villain or whatever like gets you and like does weird shit to you like could you would there be any villain that would be more scary than the one that's like chasing you and trying to kill you but you know he already has your cum yeah he's trying to chase you kill you throw cum on you after you're dead and like he's got fucking yellow blood imagine what color his cum is yeah well i'm gonna say it's purple Fucking what if it's like ketchup and mustard? So it's like his cum is red. It could be. It would be. be like blood. It'd be even more disturbing. With like little streaks in it. Mm-hmm. Man, Vanity's looking good in this movie. Exactly. What if fucking it just like he he dropped all the pretenses? He's like fucking. I I got Vanity up here. Where if you're not watching along, it, it looks like they're on the set of that corn music video with the fucking lights shining through the oh, holes, yeah. but fuck. He he just drops it and he's like, "Fucking, I brought Vanity up here. I just want to have, I just want to do a sex with her in front of all of you, and that's the magic trick." <laughs> like he keeps like kind of coaching her, like, "Now do this. Now put your hand there, and I'll take your dress off. Do what next thing you know." It's like, yeah, we're gonna do a sex, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna have sex with her through these through the, the holes in this wall. It'll I- look cool. All right, BB, I got a fun fact that's going to blow your mind. Like, you know, you're talking about, like, the light there coming through and how, like, good this looks and everything. Like, this really looks like some Class A Kino. Corn music video? Yeah, well, check this out. You'll never guess who the cinematographer of this film is, Mr. John Alcott. He he shot the Stanley Kubrick classics 2001 A Space Odyssey, A Clockwork Orange, Barry Lyndon, and then he did a bunch of other movies. And then he literally shot The Shining. And right after he shot The Shining, he went to shoot Chair Train. Amazing. I, I thought you were going to say he shot, right after The Shining, he shot The Sheriff. And I was going to be like, shit. <laughs> he might have. He might have. I literally did. I literally did think you were going there. Like it was going to turn into a fucking uh, a reference to that song. Who sang that song again? Our boy, Bob Marley. Yeah. I couldn't fucking remember his name. It's one of those things, you remember the face, but it's like, what was his name? What was his name again? Well, to be fair, the only time you ever saw his uh, face was on a t-shirt, right? Exactly. Kino. Oh, look at that. David Copperfield transformed into a hot-ass woman. That was insane. Fucking, did you see that woman, too? Like, I hope you saw her, because it's going to come up later. It's important to the plot how sexy she is. Fucking big Stacy, big Stacy. The, the only thought in my mind is going up in her right now. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that Easy E song. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what's cool. funny is I wasn't even thinking about it, but that like that, that's perfect. That's a perfect reference. That and line if, from that if they song. They know the reference. They'll, that... they'll know what I'm getting at right now. <laughs> that line from that song was stuck in my head for years. I thought that was like the most clever thing I ever heard of at the time. 
<laughs> fucking easy. Fucking the the downfall of NWA was completely pinned on him in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, which was great because he was like the only person who wasn't alive and couldn't defend himself. <laughs> I wonder if that's funny how that works out. Yeah, that's how it works. You gotta live long enough by the time the biography film is made to know. So yeah, so Jamie Lee Curtis's boyfriend got killed, and again, I guess this is like the criticism of the film is like there's certain um, scenes, I guess, because like it really is important to the plot that you really don't know where the killer is. Like you got to see him in his David Hess mask for a little bit, but for the yeah. most part, it's really important that you just don't know where he is or what he's doing for much of the running time. Ain't that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of like I said that at the uh, before, like oh yeah, the movie starts out. With like you seeing, you know, uh, the the basically it starts out a lot like fucking uh, uh, Slaughter High and uh, many classic movies where, where they're basically like fucking set around, you know, even the uh, Toxic Avenger classic film, yeah. fucking it's a good setup and the fucking I, I mentioned that like oh yeah we know who the killer is but really you forget that shit like especially yeah. the first time you watch a movie oh well <laughs> yeah you don't know you forget that shit if you're lucky enough to be like really like paying attention it's like oh yeah that thing that happened at the beginning fucking uh, but most people forgot about it but it was like who is the killer I don't know it's funny too because when uh, they just literally like they just like Hart Bogner looks over and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's boyfriend is dead just slumped over and it's great like he picks him up and carries him to a back car to check him out and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis sees him and, and says something about like what happened did he have a heart attack and the guy's like it's not his heart and then like they can't figure it out and like the guy's shirt is like it's a dark color shirt to be fair but it's like all bloody so like if they're touching him the blood's getting everywhere and mm-hmm. fucking um the guy finally, out of nowhere, rips the guy's shirt open to reveal a big che- like stab wound in the guy's chest. I thought that was funny that they had to rip his clothes off <laughs> to see that he got stabbed. Exactly. Now but we're going back to the band. I really like this band, though. This this is a Stacy bass player they got. She looked like she did not give a fuck. She did, she, I don't even yeah. think she knew yeah. that they were really filming at that point. They were like, hold this, pretend like you're playing it. Yeah. Just strum she, this one string over and over. Yeah, I think that was the, the. She thought that they were setting up the next shot that she didn't realize it was filming. Like, she thought they were rehearsing, and like fucking at the end they were gonna be like, okay, now let's do it for real. It was one of those things, but it was like, oh fuck, I didn't even realize it. This is where because like the heart Bogner pulled the emergency stop, but then the guys up front never hit the hard stop. So the Ben Johnson ran up there and just realized they were gone. So. We're to assume that they believe that they got killed, but we really don't know. We never really find out about them. This is the funniest part of the movie for me. Like, yeah. they they found a, a guy. He's dead. They stop the train. There's there's a scene where they get some help. There's somebody there talking to him. There's an easy out. They could easily just be out of this. But they get back in the train yeah. and they fuck. They start going again after somebody's been killed. Why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? I mean, that? why they get off or why they get on? Why they why they keep going again? Fucking just just call it a quits now. Because you're stuck in the middle of nowhere, and the killer would just keep killing everybody, I guess. Oh, there's not somebody they meet out here that fucking helps them out for a second. No, not at all. They're just stuck. It's kind of like the moment trigger. Yeah, he play, he finds the bloody hat, but um, I think they just kind of get off the 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 
train. I can't keep on say bus. Like you just get off the train just so everybody can like kind of find their friends and count everybody and realize mm. who's missing and who's not. You know what I mean? Fucking uh, my bad. But there, I thought there, I found a big fucking plot hole in this movie, but this is a classic Kino film with no plot holes. No, it really has none whatsoever. But, um, yeah, it's like pretty much like the staff guys. Like, all of a sudden you see these porter guys, which we've never really seen before in this film. Like, it's just basically like they clear out the cars. And, like, for some reason, like, they think if you empty the train out, you'll find the killer. Or, like, probably hoping more than anything that the killer would just jump off and run away. But, obviously, that was not going to happen. Hell, Yeah. There, I remember too, like uh, David Hess mask in this movie, and it's on a train. Didn't they make like a Last House on the Left on a train at some point? But not really with David Hess. Not really called Last House on the Left on a train. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know. Fucking like, I swear there was like a rape revenge movie that took place on a train. It must have been a like a more obscure one that I hadn't seen. Hmm. Yeah, he wants everybody to take off their mask, but some people are so cold, they're just keeping their mask on. It's so cold. Like they, the cold if you were dead. It's kind of weird, though, because this is a New Year's Eve film, and, like, everybody's partying, but there's really, like, I don't know, like, there's really, like, no typical New Year's Eve decorations. Yeah, this naked girl, I never really even knew who she was. Yeah. This is finding a naked girl dead. This is around the time where it seems like fucking, uh, when I joked about, like, oh, they just used the 20-page script, it, it's possible. It's possible. Because around, around here, it's like they, they start just like, fucking, how can we make this a feature-length movie? Because in a way, I always think, like, fucking, I always forget this happens, and, I, like, I think, like, fucking, as soon as, like, around the time the third act should be starting. I always remember is like right whenever the final scene happens, like, oh yeah, then she then she goes into the, the one room and the fucking he's sitting there with the, the clear see through mask on. Yeah. I just forget this entire section of the movie happens in a way. Yeah, I think that end scene where she goes in the room with him, I think that's actually the best scene in the movie. Like I really like it. But um mm -hmm. but yeah, like I, I think really too, like what you're saying a lot of people shit on this movie is that I think a lot of people you know, because, I mean, there's not that many people, like, I mean, I was, like, two or three years old when this movie came out. Um, a lot of people you probably talked to about it, they probably weren't old enough to go see this movie when it came out. And so, like, everybody, it was one of the ones everybody rented on video after they seen A Million Friday the 13th, A Million Nightmare on Elm Streets. And it's, like, it's hard to imagine, but, like, at this point, like, the, the slasher movie, what do you call it, format, it wasn't really laid down yet because, like, up until this point, I mean, I know everybody goes goes back to like Peeping Tom and all those movies and shit, but like, really the 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 modern of this time period slasher genre was like, you pretty much had Black Christmas and Halloween, and then this was made to try and capitalize on the success of Halloween. Um, but if you look at like Black Christmas and Halloween, like those two films are nothing alike at all. I would say if anything, this film's kind of more like Black Christmas than it is Halloween. But, like, there just was no slasher formula, like, the shots of, like, seeing the guy creep up and do whatever. So, like, this is kind of almost like a more, like, thing I kind of like about this movie is it kind of, like, almost like a more, um, what do you call it, like, classic uh, Agatha Christie, Ten Little Indians type uh, murder mystery movie, you know what I mean? Like, more than is what you would, I mean, it's called a slasher movie, but 
I mean, like this and like you know, Friday Thirteenth Part Six have like nothing in common. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It is. It is kind of like a murder mystery, but one where you get to the end and you realize, oh yeah, they told us who the killer was already. Because, yeah. like I said, you forget the beginning scene happened. But I much. think it's like you said, like even though you really don't think of it or you, it's not spelled out a big time, like uh, you know, whatever. Um, like it's it's that thing of like it's got to be somebody you've seen before else to just be like who is this fucker at the end? <laughs> mm. Yeah, apparently a lot of people felt that way with the original Friday Thirteenth when fucking Mrs. Voorhees shows up. It's like we just saw her for the first time five minutes ago, yeah. and like yeah, that makes sense. Like you forget shit like that because you've been watching it since you were a kid, and it's just like yeah. you don't notice stuff like that. But it's like yeah. Probably. It's like now when you watch it because you've seen the movie 30 times, like you're watching the beginning of the movie, but you already have the end in your head, so it all makes sense to you already. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But yeah, like like here, like pretty much uh, Jamie Lee Curtis figures that it's, that it's the Kenny guy that they played the prank on because, you know, he's the only person that would want revenge on them. And then uh, the doc guy, Hart Bachner, says like, like, yeah, like he's the magician because he shows him a book and... Uh, the pledge book and like it has a thing in there from Kenny and when he was a pledge in the fraternity and uh, his thing was magic I get, like they never really set it up but like just with this yearbook they're like yeah he was always doing magic and shit so it's the magician guy it's David Copperfield which like like granted some time had passed but it only been like three years like did, how did they think the guy that they knew what he looked like like did they think he had a bunch of plastic surgery and got all handsome enough to become David Copperfield in this film Fucking possibly. Or maybe he uses magic. Because I think a better would have been a match for uh, David Copperfield and the guy who plays Kenny if they would have got Don Swayze to play the magician. Because like, the yeah. Kenny guy looks like a little scrawny version of Don Swayze. Don Swayze. Fucking, that sounds like a Chad fucking motherfucker right there. Like, he is. It's just like uh, imagine Patrick Swayze if he wasn't like rich or famous or like that great of an actor. That's Don Swayze. Hell yeah, get that Swayze sleaze, mm-hmm. as our boy Bat would say. The sleaze, brother. Hell yeah. Yeah, like um, this that is... scene. That scene where the boyfriend just decides, like, fucking, I'm just gonna hang out here. And then, like, she, he locks her out? Why do you do that? Well, it, it, it's the thing where um, he realizes that they're, they're coming to kill them or whatever. And, she, and he's trying to, like, fortify the little room that they're hiding in. And um, he's trying to, like, whatever. And then she keeps trying to get out. So, like, when she finally got out and then she saw somebody was coming, it wasn't the killer. It was just one of the train worker guys. Like, she started banging to get back in. He was like, fuck it. Like, you wanted to be out. So, like, he locked her out. And I think it was one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, a killer's chasing after you and, like, you intentionally trip somebody so the killer gets them. I think that's what he was doing. He was pretty much sacrificing her to the killer. Trying what, to save if, himself. what if we all want to believe that we wouldn't do that and we want to, we would save the Stacy, mm-hmm. but, like, fucking uh, human nature, it just happens that we would all do that? And it's like, you can't even stop it? What I mean, okay? I, I would do terrible. it in a second, for sure. Oh, yeah. Better her than me is what I say. If she's dead, though, you can't you can't do the sex. Oh, you just find another one though. There's there's more than one woman in there. I like this this part though where he gets. You're locked up. in that room though. 
Well, I mean, you're not going to live the rest of your life on this train. You're just trying to survive this one night until the killer gets caught. Hopefully. Hopefully you don't. Yeah, so he he tries to, like, get out. He Like, he realizes, like, oh, there's, like, a space, like, in this other room I can see into. Like, maybe the killer's hiding under there. I got to get out of here. So he gets up. The next thing you know, the killer is, like, underneath her grabbing his hand. And the, the fucking very gender bendy, our, our boy here. Well, I was going to say plot hole solved, baby. I, I forgot about this scene. Like, remember how the, the girl that got her throat slashed was naked? The killer's mm-hmm. wearing her dress right here. Exactly. That's why he gets fooled into thinking it's his girlfriend. He sees the nails and the ring, and he thinks it's his girlfriend. It is weird, though, that he doesn't... That was the shot that was in the trailer, too, so you pretty much see his throat getting slit in the trailer. So, like, if you were to have seen the, the trailer at the movie theater and then seen the movie, like, a week later, you would have known the whole time this movie was going on that that guy was going to die. Mm-hmm. That happens sometimes, fucking uh, in the trailers. Yeah, you saw, and you fucking. Not only do you know that there's a cool death like that, but it's like you know that character dies, fucking right away. Uh, if you're playing that game where it's like fucking pick a character, and I'm that character, will I survive this horror movie? You already knew not to pick him if you saw the trailer. I thought for sure that the hot and sexy uh, magic assistant was going to get killed at some point. Because, like, she's just, every time there's, right after there's a killing, she's just, like, walking around changing her clothes or after taking a shower or something. Fucking exactly. Big Stacy, too. I know, big fucking Stacy. She doesn't look familiar at all. Like, <laughs> well, no. I mean, I've seen a lot of beautiful women, but not none as beautiful as her, so. Exactly. I've never seen that person before in this movie. With perfect teeth. Hair Did all. you notice how perfect her teeth were? Amazing. Yeah. I want to. I just want to fucking. I want to uh, her to spit in my mouth. Yeah. It's how amazing. How amazing her teeth are. Spe- speaking of, I need to send you the clip. I should have sent you. There's this clip of Ari Plaza. She's got some new movie out. This was like from a few weeks ago, where she reads a uh, horny tweets that people sent her, and they're all saying like. You just you just save it for a night when when you're edging or something. And you need to finally finish because like, she's like reading all this kinky shit that people want like her to do to them, and she's like, sure, okay, whatever. Like I'll stab you, I'll crush you, whatever. And then at the end, like the video ends, and she's like, why does everybody want me to do it to them? She's like, does, she's like, doesn't anybody realize I want to be choked and slapped around? Amazing. <laughs> it's the most the most amazing uh, sexually charged video you'll ever see. If you don't come before she says that, you will definitely come when she says that. Yeah, like you might as well, it's like whatever it was, three, four minute video. You might as well put it in, like re-upload it to Pornhub or in the J-O-I section. Hell yes, hell yes. Sometimes you just want some jerk-off instructions. (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, like even though you've done it thousands of times in your life, it's sometimes easy to forget how to do it. It is, it is. Yeah. You need to explain in great graphic detail. Yeah. Slowly. But yeah, here, um, Jamie Lee Curtis told the conductor that it was the magician. And he just, like, believes her. Like, I would I would have more questions. I'd be like, how do you know? Like, what do you think? But yeah, like, it's kind of interesting. Um, Zach is, uh, does, like, in order to get this, like, train. Like, this is all a real train. Like, you think it'd be easy, just to, easier, I guess, to build a set to be on a fake train but it's all a real train they got mm-hmm. this um they filmed it up in canada i can't remember if it was montreal or where but they had to get this they rent like kind of rented this train from um vermont 
and it was like it was like a super ancient train and it's like you know it's not just like with a train it's not just like a car where you get a car and you drive out on the street like you have to dang you okay it's not like you fell over. sorry sorry brother. It's like you fell out of bed but um <laughs> It's really hard because you got to like clear it and you got to get the tracks in. Like a lot of, I guess, the rail companies who own the the actual tracks, they didn't want them to go on it because it's a super old, heavy thing that breaks down a lot. So (laughs) they had some 80 year old guy um, driving the train and they had to stop like every like little while and and do maintenance on it to make sure it didn't break down and didn't freeze and do all this shit. So like it was just like a big thing and like they finally got it and like. They got it up to Canada, and they had to rent a, um, because, like, you can't just, I mean, maybe you can't, I don't know, I don't know what the ways are, take a train on and off track, so, like, they had to find a steel mill, which old-timey, like, a train would come into the steel mill, it was a closed steel mill, uh, go in there, pick up the steel, haul it out there, so they had to get a place that had the tracks going to it where they could pull it in there, so they pulled the train into the steel mill, and that's where they filmed and then, like, there was a big brouhaha, like, there was some recent film up there that uh, was a train film, and, like, they had problems because the train was moving, like, I guess they were really filming while it was going down the tracks, and, like, it caused all these technical problems, so, like, they had approved to the insurance company that they could film the, uh, film all this shit, like, correctly, and they showed them how they did it, like, they actually just had people with giant, um, basically, poles, that like on each side of the train that were like constantly jacking it up, jacking it down, like making it shake. And like, like I always thought just about how they filmed this, a lot of it's handheld because the cars are cramped and you know, you got to like just move around the little tiny spaces. I thought that just that's how they made the train move just by shaking the camera. But no, there was actually motherfuckers out there. Like they had to be giant jacked people. Like they had to get lumberjacks or some shit. Cause like who the hell could like on, you know, shooting down a movie is usually about 12 hours. Who could shake a train? You know, and I get that there's breaks and shit in between, but for 10, 12 hours a day, that'd be fucking insane. By hand, no doubt. Especially whenever, like, uh, all their work was for nothing because you can't fucking tell when you're watching the movie. <laughs> like, right now, yeah, yeah. Like, the scene looks pretty steady. You can't really tell. <laughs> they wasted their fucking time. Yeah. I hope they got paid really well for that. Yeah, I'm sure they did. This, this movie actually, it says, like, I mean... Granted, Wikipedia is not always accurate, but it says it has a budget of three and a half million, which is actually pretty good for a movie that had like no real stars in it. Probably Jamie Lee, maybe Ben Johnson, they had to pay the most. Oh, this is the scene where the fucking David Hess mask wearing motherfucker is climbing outside the window like Spider Man. <laughs> that actually happens later, but I know what you're talking about. It does happen later. He is fucking Keno. He's a uh, he, he ate his Kino Cozino and now he's got the powers of a radioactive spider. I, I think it's his fucking like it's it's one of his gadgets he has because he's a medical student. I think. Yeah. What we would have found out more about shit like that in the sequels if they would have actually not been fucking cowards and dumb them. I gotta say, like, you know, I consider myself a pretty big Jamie Lee Curtis fan. Uh, I mean, I don't have all her movies, but um. There's one called Mother's Boys that was really good that came out like on video in the 90s. I would really like that to come out on Blu-ray, but it never did. Does she play a mother that is like fucking her son? Pretty much. Like, I mean, not exactly, but it's it's basically like a fatal attraction type movie, except she's like the ex-wife. And I can't remember who the the ex-husband is, but it's like... 
it's like basically one of those things where it's like she lost custody because she was an unfit mother but she's like she got like really short blonde hair and like they got her being all sexy and stuff and i, I can't remember what it was but she drives like a real cool car and she's like she comes back and she tries to um like win the love of the boys over again but she's like super sexy and like i could be imagining this uh, but I swear there's like a scene where she's like naked in a bath and she's like telling the kid to come in there and like look at her and like he doesn't want to. He's like all shy. But like, yeah, it's like, you know, and she's like determined to get her kids back and she's kind of just like a unfit psycho mother and shit. It was a pretty cool movie. I, w- I really would like to see it again. But she also mm-hmm. did Blue Steel, I think it was like around 1990, which was kind of like a weird, where she was a cop. It was, it was almost like a slasher movie, but not exactly. But uh, I don't know. I just like a lot of her stuff. I like her, but like, I don't know. Like when you see her acting in movies now, like she always plays the same fucking role. Like it's it's just some, you know, older lady obviously now, lady in her sixties, however old she is, and it's just she always just has this bitchy attitude on screen. It's just wish she would play something different. Fucking, they give her all the fucking bitchy roles. Pretty much. Fucking keep it bitchy. That's what they tell her. They're like, fucking, you come in here and do the lines, keep it bitchy, though. Fucking make it a little more bitchy. <laughs> and it's always like, too, it's like, it's like fucking always like, uh, light a cigarette, take one drag, and then throw it on the fucking ground. Like, who does that in real life? But in fucking... movies, they do it all the time. Fucking cigarettes are like nine bucks a pack, and fuckers are taking one drag and always throwing them down. Exactly. You just gotta let people know you're cool. Yeah. But it's kind of funny, though, like how you're... I like the little black cat symbol up in the thing. But uh, how you're talking about, like, the weird scene, like, where they get off the train and they get their back on. It's it's kind of funny, though, Zach, because, like, a lot of people, you know, in the story of the movie, they don't really know, like, what's going on, that there's a killer loose or anything up until that point. Like, I think kind of that, like, that's like a reset of the movie. And then, like I was saying, where, like, the first half doesn't have a whole lot of suspense in it. Pretty much the last 25, 30 minutes after they get back on the train... That's kind of when you finally get like what you would expect your suspenseful kind of slasher movie because they're they're then they're constantly like the conductor guys and the porters they're they're searching the cars they're looking for the killer Jamie Lee's trying to hide out and you know and fucking not get you know not get found by the killer so I think... it's the cat and mouse type yeah. of stuff. What do you think? Do you like cat and mouse stuff in these movies? I do. I do. And and here's why is like. Unless you got, like, really great, like, effects budget to do, like, great, gory kills, then I'm all for just go ahead and, you know, slack, you know, stalk and slash or whatever. But if you don't have, like, a bunch of great makeup thing, just, yeah, do this, do the cat and mouse shit, I think. Mm-hmm. What do you prefer? Oh. I, I deal with both of them, but, like, I was going to mention that, like, it... Fucking once he sees that blow up doll, it looked like he was gonna get down to fuck it, didn't it? Yeah, we should say Jamie Lee hit a blow up doll underneath a blanket, and she hid it in the closet. I just never understood where she got that sword from, but I guess he, it's trivial. See, th- th- this is a decent uh, stuff right here. Yeah, this is a decent stuff right here. Fucking, there's. Did you ever see the movie called Terror Tract? Oh, is that the one about the subdivision? Fucking, it's a horror anthology movie. I think USA Network uh, produced it or something. It had John Ritter in it. Mm-hmm. He played like... I, I remember it coming on real well. I just don't remember if I actually saw it or not. John Ritter, he played in the wraparound story, and the wraparound story was actually pretty good. 
is basically John Ritter was like a real estate agent and he was taking this newlywed couple to different houses and like, oh yeah, it's it's part of the law that I gotta tell you what happened here and that's how all the stories are framed. Mm-hmm. Like one of Brian Cranston was like being killed by a fucking killer monkey. Wow. His his entire family was being stalked by a killer monkey. Fucking there but the one I'm thinking of was like a fucking uh, a, a mental patient who's like fucking uh he he keeps like seeing having flashbacks or seeing through the eyes of a killer who wears a grandma mask oh, and that's shit. what i thought of and the, the scene here where he's chasing around with this old person mask on that's old uh, david has i think yeah like i never understood who the one guy was supposed to be dressed they have the doc guy like i can't remember if this was his mask or not but I think this this costume he's got on now with the old person mask, I think it's supposed to be like a father time mm. outfit costume thing. I thought it was old David Hess. I like old David Hess better. I thought it was that dude who was in Scarface and then later was in Breaking Bad, Mark Mangold, whatever his name is. <laughs> you remember that the guy? <laughs> the bell guy that's like... Yeah, who's like in the wheelchair in Breaking Bad, I think. Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. it looked like him to me. That's some Kino jokes there. It is. Very few will get it, but what can you... I thought this was good because, like, she stabbed him with the sword. So, like, they use it as an excuse for when he was trying to strangle her because, like, he, he got stabbed in the back kind of arm area. Like, all the blood was running down his arm onto her. So, like, they kind of came up with a clever way just to get her covered in blood, like, really quick while he was choking her. This is a great scene. A great imagery. Yeah. Her covered in blood and... The, the old mask covered in blood. There is some continuities there, unfortunately. Like, do you notice, like, two different times in the scene, he, like, smashes out all the, the lamps or whatever? I didn't notice. Yeah, so he just smashed out two lamps, and now he's going to start trying to stab her with this big pole. Because we should say she locked herself into, like, a, basically a wire cage where they keep gear and shit. Like, she got in there and locked the lock. But, like, yeah. Or, At no, this point... Like, mate... Oh... I guess I'm wrong. I guess I'm sorry. My bad. My fuck. I thought I thought he, I thought he just came from the same direction. I guess he went down both ends of the room. My bad. I misread it as an error, but I guess it wasn't. Well, in this movie, there is no uh, error continuity errors, and there is no fucking plot holes as we established before. Actually, I think I might be right there because, or maybe they just fucked up the screen direction because the first time he came towards her, he was smashing out the lights. He was coming towards that door. And then the way they filmed this time, like, yeah, he smashed things and came towards the door again. I don't know. It was weird. But they yeah, fucked it up, those stupid cowards. Yeah, they're cowards. They won't fight me. They're cowards. Um, I like how that's like a thing people I've noticed on Twitter. They like, they say to famous people on Twitter, fight me, you coward. And like, okay, like, <laughs> what the person, like, fucking James Gunn or whoever's going to get in a plane and fly to whatever bumfuck, you know, wherever you would live and fight you. Like, I mean. They have to. You call them a coward. If they yeah. don't, they're a coward. I remember Genius. somebody was mad. I remember specifically that it was a reading a thing and somebody was mad at Joss Whedon for, uh, I, th- I think it was Avengers Age of Ultrons or some shit he wrote in there where Black Widow uh, couldn't have babies anymore because he had a hysterectomy from the Russian government. And uh, they said, like, oh, you turned my uh, favorite character into a, a monster who can't have trouble. Fight me, Joss Whedon, you coward. <laughs> He's already in enough trouble. He don't need to fucking get a charge beating your ass out. Especially now that you think she's a monster that she can't have, she's infertile. Yeah. Like, what a fucking asshole. Yeah. 
you. But... I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. It was, <laughs> it's a pretty famous tweet, too, because it wasn't like I just like, came across it on Twitter. I read about it in an article and laid a screenshot. But, um, yeah, yeah so, so the guy there, like, yeah, like, uh, he was chasing Jamie Lee in between the cars, and it's like that little area where they go outside, and, like, they were all bloody and shit, and they, she just knocked him off the side of the train, but... But I, I kind of forgot that. But they do show like the little shot of his his arm is hanging on the edge of the train. So we know that he didn't really die at that point. Exactly. He's got the strong hand for masturbating all those years. I think because he keeps turning down sex with these high. First, first of all, he turned down sex from a, a corpse. Which, to be fair, I probably would too. But uh, he could. He like the fraternity would have all came in the room and cheered him on. He just would have said fuck it and had sex with the corpse. But, uh, and then he could have had sex with that other lady uh, when he was in the lizard costume. He passed on that. And um, I almost think the way Jamie Lee Curtis felt sorry for him, I was like in a weird way think she might have like thrown a pity fuck on him, but exactly. turned it all down. Here's Vanity. She's checking on Jamie Lee. Yeah. I thought it was funny, too, the conductor guy goes up to Jamie Lee. Or, no, I'm sorry, not the Jamie Lee, the Vanity. And he's like, Miss, we'll be in the station in about 15 minutes. Would you like a cup of coffee? It's like, motherfuckers got throat slashed on this train. Like, if you're getting off in 15 minutes, you don't have to make coffee for people. Let's just get off this fucking train already. Exactly. Was he Was he really asking her if she wanted coffee, or was it a fucking, was he coming on to her, though? To be fair, he was flirting with Jamie Lee the whole time. Which, by the way, this is good, too, because you don't really see this in movies, Zach, is, um... Yep, here's his Spider-Man chemo moment where he climbs upside down on the window. Which he's that's... using his scalpel, I think. And he's got the old man mask on and it's half covered in blood. Um, you think he's got little scalpels attached to his hands that let him stab into the side of the train? He's he's worked out his uh, like his muscles and stuff and his pinkies and his fucking mm-hmm. all this shit. He's like got them in between all of his fingers he and does like his toes. push-ups on his fingertips or whatever they do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a nice touch because check out Jamie Lee here. Is uh, they cleaned her up, they got all the blood off her, probably wiped her up with a rag or something. But she's already got bruises around her neck where the fucker was choking her, you know, earlier. Like um, that was a good touch. Like you really don't see makeup like that in, in uh, horror movies, in particular where people get get punched or hit or fall down. Like in real life, obviously you'd be all bruised up from that shit. Mm-hmm. They fucking they were paying attention. They were the continuity uh, lady. The script supervisor. I don't know how I know it was a lady. Just guessing. It was. The production executive, everybody did it. Probably, yeah. It's funny, too, like, when you watch the Blu-ray special features, pretty much all they have is, um, uh, like, interviews with different people. And, like, they get to the guy who did the score, and, like, everybody else was, like, just sitting in their house or whatever. And, like, you know, in the office. Like, they get to the, the composer guy. He's standing out in the field just by himself talking in the middle of nowhere. I thought that was very cool. Mm-hmm. That that dude right there, too, yeah. Fucking, uh, he looked, like, earlier when he had this hat on, he looked like Elton John. I thought Elton John was in the movie. He's, they keep calling him the Prez because he's dressed up like a, I don't know what you call it, like a Yankee Doodle Dandy guy. But, like, I was like, is that because he's the president of the fraternity? Or he's like... I was going to say, too, like, the poster, like, some of the posters, um, Zach, they say, like, the boys, like, the tagline or whatever you want to call it, says, like, the boys of, and girls of Phi Sigma Phi, some of them will live, some of them will die. I'm like, you can't yeah. really have girls in a fraternity. Like, that's not really the way shit works. <laughs> like, okay, and, in movie land, anything is possible, Bill. 
That's true. Like, unless I missed the dialogue, I always, I always took it, just inferred that this was like, because like fraternities and sororities and colleges, they always do like co-events. I always figured that's what this is. But now that I think about it, I think it's just really this, just this fraternity and like all their groupie girlfriends in this movie. Mm-hmm. Is this really what it's like to be in a fraternity? No, it's it's much more uneventful. A real fraternity is just guys sitting around a frat house getting drunk every weekend. Amazing. So it's basically like this. Yeah, but you, I mean, you don't you don't get drunk on a train. You just get drunk in like a backyard or something. Oh yeah. What if they fucking they brought in the sexual act of the train, like fucking terror train, and they're fucking they're doing the train on some some Stacy. And then the fuck one of them is the killer, and they gotta guess who it is. That that's a plot for a new one, I think. Yeah, that would that would actually be more fraternity accurate. You have the mm-hmm. guys saying we're pulling a train on the train, and they high five each other as they spit roast the girl. <laughs> <laughs> that's that sounds like the level of quality writing you would get in a film nowadays. Yeah, bro, and they smack each other's yeah, hands. Fucking hell yeah! I want to watch that now. The pro- yeah, now she finds a scrapbook of David Copperfield where she sees a newspaper article where they call him a prodigious, uh, prodigious stater. I can never say that word right. I like how the band is just now running out of here to be like, oh, what happened? They found Copperfield's body, so it's not him. So there's a lot of these people are just still having a good time. Yeah. It's just a big party. It, like, this is one of those movies. Like, if you had to be in a horror movie, you could be one of these people in this other train car or be perfectly fucking, fine yeah well the thing is is like now she goes back to the the quarters where she was before the they're they're like the little i want you want to say servant quarters but not the employee the crew quarters with bunks and shit on she goes back there to find the conductor because she, she's like she's like <laughs> no, the, go obvious, ahead. the obvious overdub when she uh hides her mouth there I guess they just thought fucking well, she needs uh, to say something there to explain why she's sitting down. I don't know. She's just kind of speaking gibberish from what I remember. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. Oh man, this is like the end of the crying game all of a sudden. <laughs> so now we realize that Kenny, the guy who getting revenge, he was actually the sec. I mean, like I I really lost my boner at this point. But then I got like a bigger boner when I realized the choice really. But um, yeah. Kenny was the sexy magic assistant, and like I never understood so, why he put the women's wig back on and then put it underneath that hat and all that shit. But yeah, like that, that was pointless. I guess just so that the reveal was more like, oh fucking, oh the chick has a dick. And it's he like had, the and, Yeah, it's like a chick has a dick, but it's like. But uh, this begs the question: like, fucking, was David Copperfield in on it? No, he wasn't because he got killed. Did he just kill David Copperfield's real assistant and pretend to be her by putting on a wig? Did he do that? I don't think was, I don't think it's really that he killed the real assistant. I think he like applied for the job, pretending to be a woman the whole time, and just nobody fucking, could tell. He was in it for the long game. He was fucking Kaufman esque. Like fucking, he couldn't let anybody know it was a joke. Yeah. So Kenny the the nerd his greatest trick he ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't have a dick hell yes fucking i i, I fell for it and then I, I and then that's how usual suspects ripped this film off as well 
Mm, yeah. And fucking... And then look, she kisses him and he spurgs out again. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, he pretty much kills himself in this movie after, like, trying so hard to kill everybody. Is like... Because he's holding hands with her or he's reunited with her. Like, he pretty much goes into, like, a psychological fit where he starts... They show it, too. He starts flashing back to the night where he, he touches the corpse. Again, like, I, to justify how crazy he went over that corpse <laughs> shit... I don't think it's really that he got in the bed for one second with the corpse and jumped out. Like I think you got to write it where he had sex with the corpse, you know? Exactly. It's dark and he doesn't realize it's a corpse until they sh- turn the light on. Yeah. Or like at the very least, make it where like they jump in and they take pictures of him and they throw him around school. Like you, you do, you kind of did need it. That's my only criticism. You kind of did need to flesh that plot out a little bit. <laughs> But they, then again, when I, we re, yeah, sorry, when we remake it, we can fucking yeah, they do the old switcheroo. Like, yeah. you ever see those videos where the horse goes to mount the other horse and they fucking they switch it with a fake semen catcher? Fucking oh, that guy with like that big rubber glove thing. Yeah, fucking, they did it. Like they had the corpse there, but like they they fished his cock out and put it into a hot pocket that they fucking they microwaved to like you know till it was just medium hot. And then it, it ends with hot. somebody eating the hot pocket. Great. Hell yes. After he comes inside of it, yeah. Yeah, Mary was played by D.D. Winters. That's vanity. But yeah, so like Kenny, he pretty much he starts freaking out and he starts spinning around like he's caught in the, the bed sheets or whatever again, but it's just really just he's going crazy and then the um, the conductor comes out and hits him and knocks him out of a door or a window, really. He fall And he, it, it's a pretty good shot. It's a, it's a dummy shot, obviously, but it's a pretty good shot. Like he's I love same. the shot of him falling and, and hitting the ground, yeah. Yeah, I figured that's what you were laughing about. But uh, it it is a good visceral reaction, really, more than anything, to just be like, Psh. And then they show, they even do one more shot, too, where they show him uh, going down the stream. Mm-hmm. Fucking poor guy. All he wanted was to kiss fucking Jamie Lee Curtis, and then mm-hmm. he did it, and then yeah. he spurged out because he finally got what he wanted, and it, all the... The fucking incel frustration came out. Exactly. So, yeah, this movie, too, I gotta say, this is the first film by Roger Spottiswood. So, the next movie he did after this, The Pursuit of D.B. Cooper, which I, which I got. It's a, a kind of like a weird comedy with uh, Treat Williams as D.B. Cooper. It's pretty good. And did a few more movies. He did The Best of Times with... Uh, it's actually one of my favorite Robin Williams movies with Kurt Russell. Um, he did Turner and Hooch, Air America, Stop Where My Mom Will Shoot. And then, like, bizarrely enough, they let him do a James Bond movie. He did Tomorrow Never Dies. That was kind of like the apex of his career. And then, then he did Six Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger, which was kind of like a weird, goofy sci-fi clone movie. And then he did a bunch of shit I've never heard of after that called Ripley Underground, Shake Hands with the Devil, Children, Huang Shi. And his his looks like his final movie... At least that they got a description for was uh, a movie from 2016 called "A Street Cat Named Bob." Mm. They did a really great uh, porno parody uh, of "Stop My Mom Will Shoot." It was like a MILF porn, and it was "Stop Mom or I'm Gonna Shoot." Oh, did it have Lisa Ann in it? Fucking the uh, hell yes! Yeah, Corey Chase. Oh, dude, Corey Chase is the best. Whenever Corey Chase teams up with Vanessa Cage, that's my favorite to do the mother daughter thing. Oh yes, oh yes. But uh, and then, and then whenever Johnny Cage from Mortal Kombat <laughs> throw Johnny up. Cage in the mix, it's really Mortal Kombat at that point. 
<laughs> but yeah, like, uh, but yeah, the poster is like him wearing the Groucho mask or thing. But it was really he was wearing a clear mask at that point that he ripped off. But I guess the clear mask didn't look as good. You think they'd have to pay some rights, and maybe they did. I don't know for Terror Train to uh, get the Groucho thing on the poster. But yeah, it's a cool it's poster. A, it's a it cool is a cool poster. poster. I don't know if this is one of the ones where you can still get it kind of cheap. Probably not. But yeah, like like we said, very criticized film, not where, not too well beloved. But I like it a lot. It's it's just such a, I don't know, like it's such a odd um, premise or whatever that I found it to be fun. So by no mm. means a really, you know, seminal classic, but it is seminal in its own right. It's better than Prom Night. I guess you know I I actually can really see that, and I like Prom Night. Um, but Prom Night was one that really took me a long, long time, multiple viewings to finally get into. And it's pretty much yeah. the disco music that like actually kind of got me into Prom Night. But Prom mm-hmm. Night is like, yeah, I don't know. Whereas this movie has like more fun shit in it. It's more goofy, has more fun. But again, both movies, uh, before the slasher formula, you know, if um, the formula would have been more established, I guess, uh, they could have put in scenes that would have, you know, probably made people happier or whatever. But, uh, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think these were really bad. Just back then, people were just trying to make general uh, horror movies, you know, with a killer and a whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Fucking have a cool gimmick. Like Halloween was a gimmick. Now a train. Like Halloween a train. On a train. Halloween. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but the guy who played Kenny there at the end, it's really, really the only the end scene where he confronts Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, that guy, like, you know, from when I watched this on cable as a kid, that guy's face and the way he acted and everything, I mean, the guy's a pretty good actor. He had a good freaky look and his facial mannerisms and everything. So, I don't know. Like, like I think there's there's uh, enough about this movie to where it's, like, it's not, like, a great classic or anything, but I think there's enough about this movie to make it memorable. Mm-hmm. I fucking that I it's a B or C tier slasher, but it's fucking it's yeah. one of the more memorable ones. Yeah. There's there's so many slasher movies that like fucking I remember for a long time like whenever the DVD boom came out, it was like there's so many slasher movies I've never seen, and it's just like man, how do you fuck up a slasher movie? It's so simple, and I saw so many that was like oh you can fuck up a slasher movie. <laughs> You yeah. can't fuck that shit up. <laughs> you can fuck it up real good. But, um, yeah, like, you know, like I said, it's fun to do a New Year's Eve film on New Year's Eve. Um, but, you know, this one, though, when I was getting back to the original, I had to stealth people a little bit. Uh, if you don't get that reference act, that means when you're uh, getting ready to go in and they think you're wearing a condom, and then you take it off, and then she doesn't even know you're you're doing the, the games until she has a kid nine months later. But uh, I kind of had a stealth this in there as a New Year's Eve film because, like, we kind of, I won't say we got backlash, but, uh, you know, compared to normal, like, one of the biggest, one of the movies I wanted to cover the most was New Year's Evil, and then hardly anybody listened to it. And I think really the problem with that one, besides it being a holiday film and people don't really like holiday films, at least our audience doesn't, is um, there was a lot of politics involved in New Year's Evil. Like, you had Evil, the killer. He was, uh, first of all, he was a big advocate for men's rights. 
Yeah. And I don't think people really like that preachy message that he had while he was killing people. He, he was killing people every time a new time zone celebrated midnight, but he just had a lot of politics. And then worst of all was at the end where he committed suicide and he jumped off the roof of the hotel and those people down below, he was screaming his last preachy, uh, preachy message for them to research flat earth before he splat it. So I think that kind of turned off some of our listeners. So I wanted to still do a New Year's Eve film. But maybe, like, I don't think, honestly, I don't think a lot of people even know that this is a a New Year's Eve film, just terror train. They just think people get on a train and get killed. So so if you're a listener, sorry for playing that cruel joke on you. But yes, we got you to listen to a New Year's Eve uh, film getting covered on New Year's Eve. Because uh, we're celebrating here. We're getting ready to uh, blow the little uh, stream, what do you call it? The little party things, party favors. And then we're going to yeah. pop the champagne and... Uh, uh, and pop the fucking nuts if you know what we mean. <laughs> yeah, that's the real champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Like, 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 like when we do our remake of Terror Train, like, like the beginning part is like the New Year's Eve because like this beginning, the first time where they trick them into having sex with a corpse, it's not really New Year's Eve; it's just a party night. But we'll do it where that's like that's the thing, and like basically what happens because of toxic masculinity is when a kid's midnight, like the guy pops the champagne, but then like in the back room they have all the pledges jerking off into the champagne glasses, mm-hmm. and then they pour champagne in with the cane, and then everybody drinks it. But then like it gets mixed up, and some of the guys drink it too, like and then everybody finds out and they get mad. So like that would be like a real great who done it because like the next New Year's Eve, like somebody's killing everybody off. But you're like, well, like they're trying to figure out who all was at that party. Who would get mad enough that they accidentally drank our cane that they would come back and kill us a year later? Mm-hmm. The guy in the Groucho Marx mask. Yeah, I might have to I cut mean, that part out because I don't think we should be giving movie studios these really good ideas just for free. Exactly. They they will take them too. Those cowards. <laughs> they took a few of ours already. Mm-hmm. Fuckers. Yeah. But either way. Um, you know, it's a nice end of the year celebration. Looking back, uh, you know, something I'm like I was trying to think like what was probably the highlight of the year for our listeners, you know, Zach. And I think ironically, like looking back, I think probably the highlight of the year for the movie graveyard listeners was when we covered Saving Silverman just a couple weeks ago. Probably, probably, fucking the it all came. It was foretold. In the fucking uh, uh, ancient texts that we would yeah. fucking do that film and it would be great and fucking it finally happened. Yeah, and like you know this this being December, like right after like right after we watched that, that was probably the last uh, regular movie I watched for the month of December, and then start doing all the the Christmas uh, films and whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like you know, now that you well, know, tomorrow will be January. But now that we're into a new year here, and I can go back to watching regular movies, like I've like that movie actually never really left my uh, my consciousness. Like I've been like yeah. I've been like so glad. That's what I'm most thankful for that it came out on uh, Blu-ray and we could cover it. Oh yes, fucking! It's sitting right in front of me on my desk. Amazing, fucking epic, epic film from the director of Big Daddy. That's right. They could have easily put Problem Child on there too. Yeah, I th- I think like I get at the time that that movie came out, Big Daddy was more relevant. But now, even whatever thirty years later, 
I think Fucking Problem, problem Child. Child is always relevant forever. It always is. It always is. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how he put on the devil costume at the uh, the birthday party and caused all those problems. Exactly. And then, fucking, it's, it's widely regarded. Basically, people talk about fucking great sequels. They talk about Godfather 2. Why, every time you're watching a movie and they're talking about Kino sequels, they always, they, they pat themselves on the back, like, fucking, oh, yeah, we thought of the Godfather 2. Aren't we so fucking, aren't we so amazing? Fucking, if you want to pull out the Kino... You bring up the fucking Problem Child 2 was better than the original. Exactly. That'll get you the real fucking film bus. That would get side. Yeah, that would get that would cause a bar fight and then get Kino files to come out of the woodwork. Exactly. Exactly. I just hit play again. I'm watching this movie again. I'm thinking we should just roll through and do it again the second time around. What like one thing I give them credit for is they really shot this movie in the dead of winter, man. Like you can tell everybody's freezing their dick off. Mm-hmm. Fucking, I wanted to mention that I always liked the fucking opening, uh, uh, fucking the credits too. Fucking, uh, with well, the train, the train coming out. Yeah. It looks and really so... demonic in a weird way, the way it's silhouetted. And this, but I guess, I guess if you got a cinematographer from Stanley Kubrick's best films, like you're gonna come out with some good shit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, you know what? Fucking Terror Train. It needed one of those theme songs where you get ch- children to sing the melody. Oh fucking, yeah, yeah. Like, and then that would have been fucking Kino. Like slow motion, Kino. it's coming out the uh, the white powder shooting out of the top of the train, and you just hear like a mm. kid's choir being like, ah, ah, ah. exactly. Yeah. Fucking that epic shit. That's the epic shit. Epic Kino shit. That's that's the shit that uh, what's that dude's name? Christopher Nolan. He can't even replicate. He's show, he's blowing up real nuclear bombs now to film films, but even then, he can't come up with the shit that they was doing on Terror Train back in the late 70s. Fucking idiot. Yeah. What a fucking idiot. What a he, coward. He's got, he should fight he, me. He's got so much fucking to learn. He's got so much to learn. But we can teach him whenever we win uh, communism. He's such a coward when he worked with uh, the great actor Tom Hardy, one of the great thespians of our generation, he didn't even want to hear what Tom had to say, so he put a muzzle over his mouth. Can you believe Fucking that? Low T, very coward. low T. Fight me, you coward! Mm-hmm. All right, so that's it. So I just want to say, twenty twenty two is over. Um, twenty twenty three is coming. And I've been speaking with uh, Bat recently, and I think 2023 is the year that the movie Graveyard is going to bring Kino back to the world. I think Kino's been dying a slow death the last couple of years, Zach, and I think 2023 is going to be the year where Kino wins tonight. Hell yeah. I hope so. I hope you're right, baby. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for all the amazing listeners, and I'm thankful for you for uh, getting time out of your busy schedule to come talk to me about the most important films in cinema history like Saving Silverman and Terror Train. Anytime, baby. I am thankful for the listeners and you, baby. Because we're going to came all over these films. We got so much came in to do. So much come to just shoot all over the place. We're we're gonna do so much that you know the film prints that turn into jelly and rot away. We're gonna reverse that process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And then we're gonna hit every film vault across. We're gonna do a world tour, hit the film vaults, 
use what we got to preserve these fine films and then we'll be talking about them for years to come won't we we will well, years to came even there's many years to came alright so everybody want to thank you again wish you a happy new year and we catch you right back here in 2023 in the movie graveyard dog <laughs>